Hey everyone, welcome to another week of Pink Shade with Erin Martin, the podcast where we talk about reality TV and we get a little bit culty. Oh my gosh, you guys, I have been working so much on this cults podcast that is coming out on Halloween day. That is next Wednesday, a week from today. I can't believe it. October 31st. It's called Cult Talk with Aaron Martin. It's got a very similar logo to the Pink Shade logo, so you will recognize it right away when you look it up in iTunes or any podcast app you listen to podcasts on. You just look up the whole name, Cult Talk with Aaron Martin, and you will find me. And it is live right now with a four-minute trailer that explains what season one will be about. Season one is going to be focused on the Kobu, the Church of Bible Understanding, which is the cult I was born into. And my mom, Judy, has agreed finally to let me interview her. And she is, she's just been wonderful. I just have to tell you guys this. And Pink Shade listeners, thank you for supporting me through this venture. And I know that many of you will go over to that platform and listen to Cult Talk. I hope to get some new listeners over there too, who maybe never even ventured into reality TV, the ones who are just interested in cults. But you guys are my first audience. You are my very favorites. You are my loves. And I just can't thank you enough for all that you do for this podcast and for your interest in the new one. Um, Subscribe. If you listen to the trailer and you would Find it in your heart to give me an early rating and review on iTunes. I know there's not even one episode out yet, but it really does help get a podcast on the iTunes charts. So if you can find it within your heart to do that, I would so appreciate it. And um, spread the word. If you know other people who are interested in cult stories, it's really conversational. It's a lot like this podcast, except it's about cults only. So, you know, I I don't really have formal interviews with people as much as just general conversations. And the one I had with my mom spanned a period of a month. I mean, we got together for so many Saturdays in a row and she was nervous at first and she got more and more comfortable and she just told me so many things about her life and that time and you know, the 60s and the early 70s and just what was going on in the country and how she met my dad. And I don't know, it's just very interesting to me. And she definitely details so much of what I was looking for. She details, you know, what was actually happening in that group, what daily life was like living in a communal environment. Um, The questions she started having about Stuart Trail, who was the leader of the cult And also, inside news and in important news, Stuart Trail, the leader of the Kobu, he just died last week. You guys, I cannot believe this timing, and I'm not saying that in a celebratory way. I mean, he passed away. He has children. I'm sure there are many people mourning his death, but... And not to make this all about me either, but I just can't believe that I've been looking to launch this podcast on the Kobu. And there's no other podcast out there about this particular cult. And I was thinking in the back of my mind, hmm, I wonder if I'm ever going to get to talk to Stuart or anyone who is living on his compound in Florida because he still has followers and he has followers who aren't there in Florida as well. People who run his shops up in the New York or the tri-state area, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. And uh, now he is dead. So his services, I think, are being held right now or they were held this past weekend. He had to be near 90 years old. I think he was in his upper 80s and he just went to sleep and he didn't wake up. And so there's all kinds of people posting about it on these groups I'm in that are ex-Kobu groups. 
but here's the here's the strange thing and maybe the fortuitous thing for talking about this cult more ex-members are coming out of the woodwork to talk to me and share their stories and I'm actually wondering if I'm going to get to talk to one of his children one of his children actually posts in an ex-kobu group that I'm in and it sounds like he's been estranged from his dad for years I wonder if this is the same son who was uh, reportedly abused by some cult members back in the day, and I'm going to do my best to reach out to him and see if he is willing to talk at some point. I'd really like to talk to a family member's perspective, uh, or to a family member to get their perspective, rather. Anyway, that's just a lot of news, what's going on in the world of cult talk with Aaron Martin. Again, subscribe on iTunes or anywhere. Episodes will be coming at you four will be coming at you October 31st, and then I'll be releasing weekly episodes starting a few weeks after that. So we have a lot of stuff lined up. I have so much material. I've talked to many people. I'm talking to even more, and um, I'm excited for it. But I'm also excited still about reality TV, of course, and especially 90 Day Fiance Season 6. It started just this week. Read my recap on realitytea.com if you haven't gone over there or you're not reading my recaps, not to plug my own writing, but I love covering it. And so if you want to get a sense of what happened in that episode in its entirety, I cover every single couple. So you can click on 90 Day Fiance on the left-hand column of Reality Tea site and you will find my recap from Sunday night. Um it's going to be an amazing season. I mean, I know I say that all the time for 90 Day, but, you know, Happily Ever After can be hit and miss. Before the 90 Days this year, I think hit it out of the park. But they had some people on there, <laughs> Ricky, who were very disingenuous, and I wasn't enjoying that. I'm wondering if getting back to the original roots of the franchise, this original K-1 visa process where the American brings someone over and they really decide if they're going to legit get married or not, kind of will get us back into the groove of the real stories. Although, I mean, the casting department, Sharp Entertainment has hit it out of the park once again. Colt, the guy dressing up the cats in costumes. Oh my God. Gift from heaven. Gift from heaven. Also potential serial killer because there's always one in the bunch. But anyway, I can't wait for he and Larissa to actually be in one room together with Mother Colt who is probably going to be the main person in that relationship. I'm all about that. So here with me today, actually, to cover 90 Day Fiancé, the new season, is Kim from 90 Day Cray Cray. That's a new podcast that just started with the second season of Before the 90 Days a few months ago. She and her co-host Kyle do a hilarious recap on the show every single week. You can find it on iTunes or any podcast app, 90 Day Cray Cray with Kim and Kyle. They are really growing. Their podcast is hitting it out of the park. I mean, I listen to it every single week. And of course, I could listen to like a million recaps of 90 Day, but theirs is hilarious. They work really well together. They're on Instagram at 90 Day Cray Cray. Follow them there. I'll link that up in the show notes as well. And they are really in touch with a lot of listeners. They are posting memes all of the time. They are interacting with the actual cast members. So they're super deep into this. They're super involved. And they, like us, are just normal people who are just staring at the train wreck of 90 Day in the same way we are. So... 
They're kindred spirits. Kim joined me today, and we're actually going to release our conversation on both of our podcasts. Uh, The conversation that she and I had was just kind of the highlights of what's going on, our favorite couples, what we thought of before the 90 days. We talk a little bit about other shows, and we just get get into some conversations about everything. She's going to be releasing our conversation on the end of her recap on 90 Day Cray Cray this week, and I'm releasing the entire conversation on my podcast. So that's what you're going to hear coming up. At the end, I will remind you to follow her and Kyle, and I will give you some more details on what's coming up on the Pink Shade podcast for us in the coming months. And um, we will just have a whole lot of fun talking about 90 Day on the Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook group, of course, which you guys are, many of you are a part of. And if you're not, come over and join it. And you can follow me, of course, at Aaron Leah Martin on Twitter and Instagram as well. I'm not going to be on the Jenny McCarthy show this week because she's just getting off of the New Kids cruise. And I think they're taking a break this week. I'll probably be on there next week talking Real Housewives Roundup and 90 Day. I want to remind you that Love After Lockup is coming back in December. They're doing Friday night recaps of each couple's story from last season right now. They said they were going to show new footage. I don't think they are. I think they are just like wrapping up and editing the old footage in a different way. So it's one couple at a time and showing that on Friday nights on WeTV. So I don't know. You can skip that. If you haven't watched Love After Lockup, though, set your DVR, watch it, because December is going to be greatness all over again when we get a whole new crop of felons and their partners who are getting married, maybe once their uh, prison fiancé is released. (laughs) We'll see how that works out. Last year, some of them didn't even get out of jail. Anyway. All right. Oh, before we get into 90 Day, I have one more thing to say. OC, Real Housewives of Orange County. Was it not delivering this week? Finally. I mean, my God, it took Shannon basically losing her mind and everybody else being total catty wenches to make the show watchable again. But I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know what that says about me, that I just want to see them fighting and being assholes to each other. But I will take anything at this point. I mean, OC is like a dying cow. It is moaning, laying on the grass. And I'm just like, should we put it out of its misery? Should we give it some medicine? Should we take it to the vet? What is going on? Is it having a baby? I mean, what the hell, OC? Finally, it's bringing some drama. I don't know where I stand on the Shannon situation. First of all, I think she's well within her rights to lose her shit because she is going through a nasty divorce. And I think just because Kelly's divorce is easier, that's not really comparable. I mean, we were, Vicky was a hot mess over Don for years before and after the divorce. She was a hot mess over Brooks. Tamara had a super ugly divorce and she's been talking about being estranged from her daughter and having real issues co-parenting with Simon for years. I mean, I feel like Shannon's divorce happened, what, six months ago when filming was happening, when filming was going on? I mean, am I getting that right? And just give her some time to be like super sad and a Debbie Downer. And I don't like watching it and they don't like being around it. I get it. But I also am like, dude, this woman was married forever. She has older kids. She, she hasn't been the head of household. Yes, she's a spoiled, entitled, rich ex-wife. But that's what the housewives are. I mean, we're not watching people who are in circumstances like most of us are, which is making paychecks, paying our bills, 
figuring out life as we go along, they're real housewives. And so we're watching real housewives levels prop levels of problems. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's I think she's <laughs> she's insufferable. I would never want to go on vacation with her. And I agree. Super, super fucking annoying. But is that the friend group you really want to be telling you that you're drinking too much and that you need to take meds? I mean, they need to all turn the fingers back on themselves. Gina and Emily trying to be friends desperately with Shannon and trying to like warm up to her and then fight with her about being friends with them. I'm like, ladies, just let it go. Just let that shit go because you can make a name for yourself on this show by warming up to crazy Vicky or, you know, crazy Tamara and which is what they're doing. They don't need Shannon right now. Shannon's not in any state to be friends with anyone. She can't even be friends with Tamara, who is oddly the closest person to her until this week's episode. Anyway, I'm rambling, but at least it brought us something. Oh my God, it's just been a pain in the ass to watch. So bravo to bravo for giving us a good watchable shit show of an episode in Jamaica. Also, P.S., Good job on whoever decided that no air conditioning was going to be the key element in making these bitches all lose their mind. I feel like somebody orchestrated that, and I stand by that. I think we're going to find out some inside scoop on that probably at some point in the future. Okay, so let's get to Kim from 90 Day Cray Cray and I talking about the new season, season six of 90 Day Fiance, the show that started it all. And we're going to talk about our favorite so far and what we think is going to happen this season. Here we go. Hello, Erin. It's so good to talk to you. Hello, Kim. Today. <laughs> I know. 90 Day Fiance is our mutual love. I find that I bond with people who watch 90 Day immediately. Oh, my God. I know me, too. And I have been reading your recaps on Reality Tea for years, so it's a very exciting day oh, for me to talk to you. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was just saying to you before we started recording that I've been covering 90 Day on Reality Tea for, I think, since season two, season three. I mean, early on when not a ton of people were watching it, it was just like this little cult following. And um, my editor actually sent out this all call to writers. And I was a writer. I've been a writer on Reality Tea for, I don't know, four or five years. And she was like, does anyone watch this show called 90 Day Fiance? And I was like, I emailed back immediately. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, does a bear shit in the woods? Yes. I watched that show like religiously. It was viewers were so hungry for it. They would actually start commenting on other recaps about 90 day. Like they would just go onto housewives threads and start 90 day conversations because they didn't know what to do with themselves. So I'm so happy to see the show like getting such a huge, massive audience now. I remember those days, like the date, like I guess uh, Pow and Russ were like in season one. I didn't even realize that mm-hmm. until the other day. And I was like, wow, they've been a lo- around like this long. But yeah, it was like that you could tell it was so much lower budget back then, too, just the way it was filmed and edited and everything. But for everybody who doesn't read Aaron's recaps on 90 Day, they, I literally like spit my coffee out when I read them. They're hilarious. Oh, so. thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I love it's it's a labor of love. I love writing those recaps. It's the most fun thing I do. It's well in addition to doing my podcast. I can't, you know, I could talk about it, write about it forever. So 
Yeah. And I reached out to you initially because a lot of my listeners had reached out to Kyle and I asking us to do housewives recaps. And that is just like, that is a land that I do not venture into because I know I will get sucked into 10 additional hours of television a week and I will lose my job. So I was, I was like, please, you know, listen to Aaron's podcast. Um, and you do housewife recap housewives recaps as well. Right. I do. I, um, I definitely cover, uh, in writing on reality I do real housewives of New York religiously. Like that is my jam. And I, but I watch all housewives. I even have a little candle in the window for New Jersey. I mean, and I know a lot of people don't even watch that one anymore, but I watch them all. I watch everything. And so I'm watching OC and Dallas right now, along with the few of us who are still hanging on to OC, although their numbers aren't that bad. And Dallas is really hitting it out of the park this season. Real Housewives of Dallas is in its third season. It's a newbie on the Housewives map. And let me just say also, history of me watching this is like since day one. I started watching this when Vicky had it, like 10 faces ago, when she had her original face, when she was, you know, with Lori in the beginning in the little insurance office in her house. I, I have, it's like my sports. I know every stat. I know all the players. I've seen them through all of their vow renewals slash divorces, which immediately follow <laughs> a vow renewal, by the way. So never get your vows renewed. Ever. And I'm not planning on it. No, yeah, it's just the kiss of death. Well, if you're a housewife, which I assume you will never be, you know, on TV. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm all about it. Like I feel like I'm just in so deep, you know, I'm in so deep and I'm not gonna be climbing out anytime soon. So I cover that on the podcast. I cover that in writing and I also go on the Jenny McCarthy show on Sirius XM channel one oh nine every week for a segment called Real Housewives Roundup. I've been doing that for almost two years. We also have been covering ninety day during that segment because I've, I've gotten Jenny into watching it and her best friend also oh watches it and she is like in so deep now. Oh, that is so good to hear. Yeah, I always like I subscribe to her YouTube channel, but I don't always get to watch. So I'll have to like look for that segment just in the morning time. Yes, yeah. I don't have other stuff to do at all. Um, <laughs> so, this takes priority, Kim. Come on now. Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, everything 90 day. I'm like always like at work, like sneaking on Instagram every 10 minutes to reply to things that people are saying to me. Seriously, like who um, is John cursing out today? Let me look. I need an update. <laughs> Every day has a new word that just like blows my mind. Um, words that I don't even feel comfortable saying out loud, actually. So uh, good, good for him. Um, so what, like, as far as 90 Day, what is your favorite show in the franchise? You know, I would, let me see. I, I thought about this question because you sent me some questions beforehand and I was like, <laughs> my okay, my gut response is like before the 90 days, because before the 90 days was like, Manna from Heaven last year, the season one before the 90 days. I mean, the coloring books that came out, the just the memes that started. And then this season of Before the 90 Days, equally hilariously awesome. However, I'm still a purist. And I will say my, my favorite is the original 90 Day Fiance, the one that we've just started, the regular, you know, anchor show, basically, that started this whole world. Yep. Only when it's good couples. So we've, you know, that's been hit and miss though. Happily Ever After is my least favorite because yeah. I'm just like, you know what? You assholes are already married. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, so I like to see the occasional divorce and duh annulment that can happen. But I, I don't know. I, I like, I feel I like, like I'm Danielle, a purist. Yeah. I feel like Danielle was like 
and even that got dragged on too long. But Daniela Muhammad was like the only interesting after or happily ever after just because we, you know, there was like, will she annul or will she divorce him or whatever? There was that whole kind of drama. But otherwise, right, right. exactly. Well, that's why they started it. That's memorable. why that's why happily ever after started because of Danielle and Muhammad. I mean, they flipped the script on everything. They TLC really needs to pay for Danielle's life. They need to buy her that trailer outright. Like she should not have to make payments on that shit. They need to build her a corporate apartment in L.A. that she can just fly to and, you know, sit in on meetings with her crazy glasses because they owe her everything. They do. Yeah. But they, they were but, like, I literally I have watched every episode of Happily Ever After and I cannot remember a single damn thing about any like I don't know who was on it I don't know it was it's like I've blacked it out of my mind (laughs) it's just except for Danielle Mohammed I there's nothing I love before the 90 days too because it's such a shit show but like what I mean what what's your thoughts in general about just the couples getting wilder and wilder because in seasons like one through three of regular 90 day fiance I feel like the couples were all pretty much legit there wasn't a huge for the most part legit I mean there were a couple of suspected gold diggers but other than that it wasn't like Angela and Michael insane right no exactly exactly but here's the thing it's like sharp entertainment Matt Sharp is no dummy so they see something like Danielle and Muhammad which like if you're gonna have 900 comments on a recap say eight <laughs> eight ninety nine of them will be about Danielle and Muhammad if they're on the screen and so yep. I think that they saw that and they're like, okay, we need to get more people in this wheelhouse, like the obvious catfishers, the obvious guy who's coming here for a green card and the crazy woman who has like one brain cell floating around in her head, the Nicole and Azens, you know? And so I feel like that kind of started churning out or started the casting department really looking for the craziest most obvious mismatches, you know, and then you, you yep. notice they still are throwing in some semblance of normalcy or they're trying to. But what I'm finding that I don't like even more, because I welcome the crazy couples. I don't like when they take a somewhat normal ish couple and then try to hype up their drama. That's what I don't like even more. It's boring. It's like the Rachel and John thing. Like, they, right. I mean, well, he, he obviously he came with some drama. And that's why he got cast like, right. with the 50 to 60 fights and all that stuff. But otherwise, like they literally just were a couple that met online and fell in love and wanted to get married. And it was just this ancillary stuff that created the drama. But I just found them to be so boring. And the same with like Paul and Carini. I mean, they again, I think that they're a legit couple. I think he has anxiety issues and like a lot of weird shit going on. But for the most part, they're just a couple that doesn't live in the same country together yet. It's, it's kind of boring, but they just hype it up. Karini's running away. Oh my God. She's asking for a divorce. I I have no patience for that kind of stuff. I kind of fast forward through it actually. Yeah. They were really up and down for me. And I, I interviewed Paul on my podcast and first of all, he kept me on the phone for like six and a half hours, but (laughs) I was like, I know that you only have Siri to talk to. And I know that I speak English and I'm a good listener because PS I'm interviewing you. So I have to be, but it was kind of painful by the end. And he was going on and on about like, oh my God, they kept us around because our, the end of our story was supposed to be our wedding, but then you're going to be shocked by what happens afterwards. And I had suspected that she had a miscarriage, which I felt like was a very sad scene that I felt w- it was intrusive that the cameras even captured that. That was my feeling. Yeah, a little but, bit. Yeah, uh, very much. And I think she is too young to know that she will really regret having that scene captured on film later. You know, and those of us who have been through a similar experience can't even imagine 
fucking cameras being in your face at that moment. She's just, she's not savvy enough to know that that wasn't okay. But uh, you know what? I don't, I don't blame anyone because they all signed up for it. However, the way Paul talked about it was like, like I look back on that now when he was interviewing with me, he was like, oh my God, it's so shocking. Like it's it's so dramatic, da, da, da. And I'm like, you were talking about that. That was like really sad and awful. Like he's almost like he's jumped the shark in a way. Like he, he's like, he's like, um, I don't know, promoting his own drama in, instead of supporting his, it's just really, uh, I don't know. He, he, it gave me the creeps actually where they went with that story. And I know it's not a story, it's, it's their real life, but I was just like, uh, you know what? I'm about seeing Paul in the cooling vest, running with his duck feet, picking the weeds. Like I'm all about those scenes. I'm all about that. I agree. He's like, it's, he's, he's taken a really interesting turn because I, I feel like he's trying to now kind of promote his, canine training video or whatever other businesses he has and maybe he's totally <laughs> I just can't but he can you imagine hiring his ass I mean seriously <laughs> who is hiring no. his ass for anything well, he sells a DVD I don't even own a DVD player who owns a DVD player this day and age I mean I just I would literally oh. have no way to to, to play his video <laughs> you know what I would only buy his video if it were in full Siri translation. So everything he said would come out in Siri's voice. <laughs> I would buy it. I would play it on repeat. I mean, here's the question is like, I don't know if you watch the bachelor. I know that's not really your, your grind, but I, I just, do I'm in very, in a while. yeah, yeah. I'm very in tune with like how sophisticated the bachelor like cast has gotten in recent years. Like recent, I would say in the last three to four years, like you go on the bachelor, you make a name for yourself and then you get a social media following and you, you know, push products and you like literally can make it a career at least for a few years if you're popular enough. Um, and you can make a lot of money from it, but the 90 day cast clearly hasn't gotten to that level yet. And I think that's part of what makes the show interesting because these people literally are struggling financially. Like there is, how are we going to afford the visa and like you know you have a David and Annie situation where like the friend comes in and has to pay and has to sponsor and that I think is part of what makes it interesting because of the financial struggle it's like part of it totally totally and I mean let's be real there's no makeup crew there's no hair there's they look like shit yeah I love that too I love it I love it I love that Angela is sweating her ass off you know I love it yeah yeah but Ashley now and Jay, Jay yeah. are, are rolling in to the new season with a YouTube channel and like they've gotten more sophisticated with like, you know, they have their Instagram for the show now. And I'm just wondering, like, if, do you think it's going to go that way? Like towards they they have figured out how to make money as a contestant on the show, because I think that that could ruin it. You know, I think every show does go that direction. When you look back at early Housewives, you look back even at early Vanderpump Rules or the first season of Below Deck or the first season of anything, even the Bravo shows. And Bravo, you know, works with different production companies that do have hair and makeup teams. And let's be frank, Sharp Production doesn't offer these people anything. I mean, they're coming in <laughs> on their own dime trying to get an outfit together. So I, I feel like every show does go that direction, whether it can work or not. I guess we're just going to have to see. When you start getting more and more viewers and more and more sponsors, I mean, yeah, things just get a little more inside baseball with the people on the show. Yeah. You know, they just do. I don't like it, but I feel like I feel like for this show, for this show in particular, it, it can't always be the same script over and over again. That's what I'm most concerned about. So it can't mm-hmm. be like someone is taking advantage of the other person. There has to be. The great thing about 90 Day Fiance that really got me hooked in the beginning and that got a lot of us hooked wasn't just the absurdity of all the couples. 
it was that some of them really you you would kind of look at them twice and be like I think they're like I think they are in love like despite appearances they're going to make this work or it's this old concept of arranged marriages in some cases where they're not in love it is just a transaction and in this case it's not between their families or their parents or religious beliefs it's because they each need something out of this usually the dude can't get an American woman to even look at him twice and sometimes in the woman is trying to get a better life that's the classic tale, mm-hmm. but but then it can end up working out. Like in the early seasons, there would be these like what you thought were mail order Russian brides. Sometimes way before Aunt Fisa, you know, she flipped the script <laughs> on that shit. And they they end up staying married and like having a baby. And I mean, I know people like that in real life. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin, and my my friend lives next to a literal Russian bride and her mail order. You know, she's the mail order Russian bride, and he's the husband. They've been married for like you know 15 years, and they have kids and. It's all good. They both got something out of it. And I'm like, I kind of want one of those thrown in, too. I need to see something that that I can sink my teeth into more than just the craziness. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I think that that's what people latch on to as well. Like, I see so many comments on our Instagram, like, he's just using her and, oh, she's dramatic. I'm like, of course, that's what makes a TV show. But, I mean, I guess segueing into season six, like, what what are the couples this season that you think are legit? Uh, I have no idea. I can tell you that I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here all day, every day for Colt and Larissa because dressing yes. up the cat and feeding the cat out of his mouth is, I love I, Colt. I could watch that on a loop all day, every day. I mean, I, I love Colt. I love, <laughs> I love everything about his murdery ass. I mean, he is definitely keeping body parts somewhere. He is so creepy. His mom revealing his breakfast to him, like Bobby Flay, like voila. <laughs> You know, with the dome. Amazingness. Amazing. I love his mom. I'm so scared for her, though. (laughs) I am scared of his mom. I mean, I feel like his mom is going to throw down. They showed preview clips where what Larissa's like, if you come for the queen, you die, or whatever, like, amazing line she was delivering. And the mom is the one fighting with her, and Colt is just sitting there with his moobs on the couch, like, just hunched into himself. I'm like, I think it's going to be really the relationship between <laughs> Mother Colt and Larissa that we that is the one to watch. So I'm looking forward to that yep. marriage. <laughs> I am really looking. I love everything about Colt. I love that his cat's name is Cookie Dough. Like, who, what? I just have no words. I don't know it where is. that came. It's, of course. it's like, has this cat been around since he was seven years old? And like, that's what he just, it's like what a, a toddler would choose to name their cat. You know, I love right. it. But it, Colt is also a person that is very familiar to me. Like I, there are a lot of engineers in my family. Like I totally know the IT guy. And for me, he is just like, he is just a normal guy. His weirdness makes him so lovable to me. I just, I really hope Larissa legit is going to be good to him because I I am so team Colt so hard. <laughs> she is for sure not going to be good to him. She is going to be the <laughs> worst thing that has ever happened to him. She's basically what 33 years old. So her her prostitution days are dwindling. I mean, she is she's basically like I can't be out on these streets anymore. I need to find a man and just lock it down. I don't even care if it's this dude. 
You know, she. I feel like her working girl days are, are just coming to an end, and she is going for the next phase. This is the next chapter, and she has a lot of experience in how to manage men and, and for the transactions she needs. And Colt has zero experience. I mean, he's his breakfasts are displayed to him on a dome. He's angry eating croissants. You know, <laughs> to for to make himself feel better. He's dressing up as cats. He has no idea what is going to happen to him. None. No, no. I mean, do you think that they don't show much of like, this is what I, I get frustrated. I wish they would have showed more of like what Fernanda and Larissa, what their lives were like in their home countries, because Larissa to me seems like, was her life really that bad in Brazil? She seems healthy and, you know, very well kept. I don't know. I'm and telling Fernanda you that 33 well. years old, Larissa is long in the tooth for not locking down a husband, probably. And, I guess. You know, and Brazilian. so. Mm hmm. Yeah. She yeah. reminds me of like an Ica, like Josh and Ica. Like Ica was like that too. She was like, you know what? I'm done turning tricks. I got to just find a guy. I don't care if he has teeth. Just, I'm just going to marry him. Yeah, 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 no, you're totally right. But Fernanda is what, like, Fernanda's very curious to me because she is from a region of Mexico that I'm very familiar with, and it's actually a very wealthy part of Mexico. Right. And I, I really want to see, like, she's 19, so I, I, I just feel like she's she might be from a well-to-do family. That's yeah. my suspicion. I have no way to confirm it, but I want to know, like, show me her free. He went to Mexico to pick her up. Film that shit. Why didn't we get that? Because it's I'm not. Sure. I know. Before the 90 days is cool in that way because it captures what's going on in the foreigner's world. You know what I mean? And it's like the American is the fish out of water. So with 90 days, I think that is what's missing. We don't get that backstory. They're just like, quote, the foreigner who comes to America. Here's what I don't like about 90 day um, that I like about before the 90 days is exactly that, that we see the other side of the story. We see their home, their culture, what's going on. But we also tend to like veer into this whole, they're only in it for a green card. And the hilarious thing about it, which I think TLC, actually Sharp Entertainment, does a really good job of showing us is that <laughs> these people are not living the American dream. They are bringing people over here. And whoever comes over like is not happy when they get here. They're like, I'm living in this town in North Carolina or wherever it is. And it sucks. Like, so... I think the concept of America not being all it's cracked up to be is some is is another element. I mean, the show is so layered; it's very layered. It's it's got a lot of political elements in it that you know you have to steer away from. And when oh, we're I just know. snarking we on it because <laughs> it, it can get crazy. And I I live in fear every day that like the government is going to shut down Ninety Day Fiance. I'm like, please. I'm like, <laughs> I, I I look at the news only for Ninety Day Fiance related alerts. Like, I'm just like, oh my god, does this immigration law mean that Leda can't come over and be with Eric and Baraboo? Like, I seriously am some a mental case about it. But I, it, it's I very it's very layered. Horrible. You know, it is. It is. And I liked I like to see that, but I. I, I agree. I would like to see more of what's going on in the foreign country, but we just don't get that with regular 90 day. I mean, we got a little bit of like Jay, which I loved. Like I love seeing Jay in Jamaica. Like he is like the man. He is popular. Everybody on the whole fucking island like knows him. He's a tattoo artist. He's like giving women orgasms with a needle. Like, you we know, whatever. And yeah. He was also like uh, raped when he was eight and calls it his oh, first sexual was... experience. Were you not so disturbed by that, Kim? I was like, what I, the actual I had a hard hell? Time. I had a hard time with that because I was just like, oh, like if, if you flip the gender on that, 
and he was like a woman saying that it would be a totally different sentiment and and just the the conversation at least you know on social media about it is like can you believe him having like sex with women when he was eight I was like dude that is a child like that's my daughter is, not, is eight right she, I, she I just got a new stuffed turtle yesterday it. she got a new stuffed turtle yesterday and she likes to dress it up in a little sweatshirt that's what eight-year-olds do I mean, that he, I don't know if he was eight-year-old lying. Eight-year-old and Colt. Yeah, exactly. Eight-year-old, that's, that's true. You know what? My my eight-year-old and Colt would be besties, except never in a million would I allow that man to be with her. And actually, he's probably not even allowed to live near a school, which I do because pedophiles aren't. Allegedly. So, but I look at, like, my little girl's friends and her, her third grade class, and I'm like, yeah, those aren't sexually active people. That no. is molestation. I don't care how he does it. And I think that's why he's hypersexualized. And I know I'm getting serious right now, but he's hypersexualized. He's talking about stealing the woman away from his father. And on a serious note, that whole conversation was so fucked up. And it, it makes me actually kind of scared for, uh, at, is it Ashley? Yeah. Ashley's kids. And, yeah. and I, I heard that she's not going to feature them on this season. I think that's really smart of her. But I, they're still there. They still exist. And he's and still going like, to be their stepdad. I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. This is not stepdad material. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. No. Nope. It was my first thought too when I was like, I don't know. I just my my inner brain was just screaming like abuse when he was going through that whole thing. Of course and it is. I found of course it. He was really disturbing. But yeah. I, but I mean, just his lifestyle and like a sexual abuse as a child aside, like his whole lifestyle of just going out and like being, you know, the life of the party. Like what the hell is he going to do in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania? Exactly. Have you been to Mechanicsburg? Uh, Yes, I have. I graduated. My mom worked there. We lived in, I went to, yeah, no, for real. I I grew up in that area. I grew up in that area. So I have a total connection to that Mechanicsburg area. And when I saw Ashley, I'm like, yep. Mm hmm. So you know, she she's actually looking pretty good for the Mechanicsburg area. No shade oh, yeah. to she's Mechanicsburg. She's really a hot commodity. Yeah, right. Because I live in Madison, Wisconsin now, which is only 40 minutes away from Baraboo. So, P.S., I do plan on stalking Eric. And if he listens to oh, this, don't so don't arrest me. But, I, yeah, it's the circus <laughs> world capital of the world. And I will be stalking him and pretending I'm just going to the circus museum. But, anyway... Mechanicsburg is not a place where you're going to come and like live it up, Jay. Like he is going to be doing what? Going to the local watering hole by himself. I mean, there's maybe like a couple clubs to go to. It is a slow life. There's a mall really far away you can go to. Maybe hit a gap. You know, like it's... It, it's the local to be, Walmart on the weekend. It, it, seriously, know? it's going to be Molly and Luis 2.0, except this is a younger say- dude. And he's going to yeah. be more unhappy. And he's got two kids. I just remember how mm-hmm. that I immediately thought about how bored Luis was and how, you know, all he wanted to do was go to the strip club and like go out. And it, it, it just, it, again, your life is not always going to be better in America. I do not know why these people think that no. they think their life is going to be better here. No, exactly. But, I mean, Jay is, and I heard Jay's mom already is in America. He is, she has been working here for years, which is pretty typical, you know? And so this is his way to get here too. You know, and whether he sticks it out and stays married to her, I think they're still together now. They showed up to an event recently for a launch party and they're still posting pictures. And like you said, they have this Instagram handle and they're trying to like market themselves. But I'm like, YouTube channel. What the hell, man? These, it's only a matter of time before he's wearing the Space Jam shirt and she's trying to get in the bedroom with the screwdriver. It's going to be Molly (laughs) and Louise. 
Um, and just, okay, one, one last question, and then I'm going to have to let you go. But what, okay, what is the deal with Eric wanting to kick his daughter out? Can you, like, drive up to Baraboo and, and go get this girl? I mean, this poor thing. How old is she? Is she the 18-year-old daughter or the 21-year-old daughter, the one that's living with him? She's the middle child, and his oldest child is, what, 21-ish? I, so she I must be, like, 18, 19. Yeah, right, right. And they're living there in that sad little apartment, and he's drinking his <laughs> Pabst on the porch, and they're living also in a hoarder's situation. I mean, that apartment, OMG. But, yeah, him trying to kick her out, and she's like, I'm not just going to move because of this. And I'm like, wait, before cameras showed up, did you guys discuss this at all? That was really baffling to me, that it was just like all of a sudden he's like, she's going to be here in two days. Like, You need to move. Yeah. what? Like, what the hell? I was flabbergasted by that. And, like, what? I hated how all these people say, I'm going to put my kids first. They never fucking do. Whatever. They never fucking do. No, and but side note, Eric's 40. Uh, say what? Say what? 55. He, he is 55 if he is a day. And he's talking about like, I was going to go, I was either going to fight ISIS or try online dating. And I was like, that could be the tagline for 90 day fiance period. Like he just wrote it. Gene. Yes. I was going to fight ISIS or try online dating. Oh my God. Uh, He gave us the best line ever. He looks really depressed. Like, Maybe medication is needed. He, I don't understand why Leda, 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 whatever her name is, is coming over here if she's allegedly really well off. I mean, I think they're going to be a really interesting story. I have a theory about that. I was like watching, and I know TLC edited it this way, but you know, it, Eric's going on and on. First of all, he must have had his first kid when he was 19, being that he's 40. I mean, if you just do the math, which means he must have gotten married at 17 or 18 years old, or maybe it was a shotgun wedding, who knows, but he got married really young. So he and his ex-wife seem to have a pretty good relationship, which I found interesting. She but, was very sweet. Um, yeah. Yeah. But later, you know, when they're going through, he's like, she went to med school. She's obviously super intelligent. She's really pretty. Um, fifth in the Miss Indonesia contest or whatever it was, peaked in high school. Um, and then they dropped the bomb, though. It's like her son, yeah. her five-year-old son. Right. So I'm wondering, like, and they don't give any backstory on this whatsoever. And I'm hoping that they will throughout the season. But I just, I don't know. And I've, like, actually posted on my Facebook, like, looking for somebody that I knew from Indonesia to ask about this. But I am assuming that the cultural norms in Indonesia, that she's kind of been, you know, Scarlet A on her arm. And, you know, maybe yes. she's just being to get out. Yes. That's the only reason I can think of that she would want to leave. Right, that she's the embarrassment to the family, and they're just trying to find her any old husband. And this guy who is looking like death warmed over, sitting on the porch, drinking his <laughs> paps, he will do. I yeah. love that these dudes don't even clean up their apartments, period, before what the women get there. That? I know. My OCD husband, like, sits down and will watch, like, approximately 45 seconds of the show with me because he, like, refuses to watch more. <laughs> but he's just like, he's like, what is wrong with these people? That is the only comment he ever makes is, clean your fucking house. Like, what, do they not, like, do they not clean before a new person comes over? Like, even just, you know, your parents or, like, a passerby or a Mormon trying to convert you, whatever. But Or a camera. A crew, a camera crew. Do you remember Nicole had a Band-Aid stuck to her damn ass wall? Her wall. I was like, no, 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 girl. Mm -mm." I know. It's amazing. The only comment my husband ever makes to me is, one, do you have anything 90-day related to do today? Because that's how much (laughs) this is a part of my life. And it's a serious question. And usually the answer is, yes, yes, I do. And the other question he's asked when he's caught a few minutes of it is, 
don't you feel like a bad person for watching this? And I'm yeah, like, sit down, sir. Now, I feel like a great person. I, I have such a high self-esteem after I watch every episode. I'm like, I am making amazing choices in my life. Amazing. That's I am true. hashtag winning at everything. Even on my worst day when I'm making terrible choices, I'm like, I am winning. This is it's I, true. I, yeah, I feel great. My husband, he's like, why do you watch this? I'm like, I to me, I feel good about myself. <laughs> you do, me too. It's like, but, why go to therapy? Watch 90 Day, feel good about yourself, people. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if you vacuumed within the last year, <laughs> you're living life right. So <laughs> totally, totally. If you could like stay off the internet, if a Nigerian scammer reaches out to you and says, hi, and you don't marry him, like you're winning. Yeah. <laughs> Erin, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you today. You too. You too. Oh, highlight. You're, highlight of my day. <laughs> me too. Me too. And I'm so happy for your podcast. You and Kyle are doing a bang up job. I love listening to your recaps and I love how much you interact with fans. It's amazing. Thanks. Same to you. I love Pink Shade and I will continue probably at my lunch break to uh, read your recap on Reality Tea. So. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, Erin. Bye. Thanks to Kim from 90 Day Cray Cray for talking to me about this hot mess this week. Remember to check out her podcast with her co-host, Kyle. It's called 90 Day Cray Cray. You can find it anywhere. It's super fun to listen to. It's definitely going to become part of your rotation if you are into 90 days as much as we are. And you can follow them on Instagram at 90 Day Cray Cray. They post hilarious memes and they're very interactive on there. So if you're on IG, head over at 90 Day Cray Cray. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Erin Leah Martin. You can follow my new Cult Talk social media at Cult Talk on Twitter and Instagram. And you can actually join a new Facebook group I've started for the Cult Talk podcast. It's Cult Talk with Erin Martin. You have to type the whole thing into Facebook again with my name and you may make sure you search on groups because it will probably come up with different posts that I've posted in pink shade if you just search the name so click on groups search for cult talk with Aaron Martin and come on in there because we will be talking only cults all the time if you're a deep diver into cults go over there of course, I will still be covering cult documentaries and all other things cults on Pink Shade every once in a while. I'm never going to stop doing that. And of course, I'll be covering reality TV. Head over to my website for all links to everything. It's pinkshadewitherinmartin.com. And you can find my recaps. You can find my email. You can find social media, everything in one place there. And of course, Jenny McCarthy. I will start back there next week. Listen to Sirius XM Channel 109 for Real Housewives Round up and check out the recaps that I write on realityt.com. P.S. I will be recapping Love After Lockup on Reality T in writing as soon as it starts in December. So it's going to be a fun December. It's already a great fall though. And uh, with new housewife shows starting up soon, Beverly Hills and New Jersey, which I am not giving up on, I think it's going to be great. Um, I want to also give a shout out to our newest Extra Shady sponsors, Christina Garcia and Kristen Stone. Thank you. And thanks to everyone else who's joined the Patreon lately. Patreon.com slash Pink Shade is where I post the inside information that I can't spill on the regular podcast. It is where I tell you some personal stories. I do some fun throwback recaps and I also just kind of go deep in some areas where I feel like you 
deserve for your pledge every month some inside deets on some of your favorite reality TV scandals. I definitely have a lot to say about what's gone on with Southern Charm lately over there, and uh, you can hear it all on Patreon, so it's there for the taking. Again, $5 pledge or more a month gets you all the back episodes and gets you at least two to four episodes extra every month delivered right to your inbox. Thanks to everyone for supporting me there. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and here's what's coming at you next week. For Halloween, I am dropping a special movie recap of The Row. Yes, the sorority horror movie starring our very own reality TV veteran Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules. Sarah Gage and I detail this movie in its entirety. We watched it. We paid to watch it, people. And we are going to be telling you everything you need to know. And um, it is going to be just as scary as the movie itself, which is to say not quite scary at all, but fucking hilarious. So get ready for that. And until next time, I will see you in reality.